You're listening to the internet. On today's Into Your Head number 719, non-profit vomitoriums, karate bullets, intrusive ventriloquism, teaching shoelace management, bookkeeping in space, and lots more. time there was a dog a dog uh, a dog a dog uh, a dog or in french it's probably pronounced dog but only when they're pronouncing in uh, french accents the english word for dog when they're saying it in french they don't say dog they say whatever the french for dog is i think it's a uh, un chien or something like that but no if you're a french and you're pronouncing the english word for uh, for a dog, you say it's a dog. Uh, probably is uh, spelled D-O-G-U-E if you're going to spell it phonetically in French. But why would you spell an English word phonetically in French? And why would you say it in the French accent? You wouldn't. When we're learning French, we don't we don't say it in an English accent. We go for a French accent. We say uh, un chien et dans le bureau de tempère. And you'll say they'll say, uh, what are you talking about? And they'll say, oh, that's a very good Irish accent you're doing for a French fella. And they'll say, oh, t- I had a French fella living here once. Although now that I think about her, he wasn't French. He was either Belgian or Dutch. I think it was Belgian. One of those little countries beside France where they speak French. I lived here for a while. And he had a French, he had a French-sounding accent, but it was probably Belgian. I don't know the differences. Uh, just as you don't know the little subtle differences between the accent that I have and the accent of the people three doors up would have because they're in a slightly different part of the country uh, it being a very small country uh, it's the same with the, these French and Dutch people I wouldn't know the little subtle differences between their pronunciations and their countries and their people type uh, but oh he was a, a, a decent gentleman um, a polite young man he came along and said hello can I live in your house for a while in return for a small fee and I'll say you'll pay the fee that's on the advertisement and he said Fair enough, fair enough. Her words to that effect. And then he moved in. And then he moved out when his time was done here. He said, I'm off back to... My time here is done. I'm off back to uh, Dutchland. Or, no, it's not Dutchland. It's Holland. It's, uh, strangely enough, the people of Holland are called Dutch. Or is that... Uh, no, Danish. No, Dutch. Uh, the people of Holland are called Dutch. Even though Dutchland is a completely different place. It's Deutschland. It's Germany. is called Deutschland by over then uh, in, in Dutchland uh, meaning Holland uh, that's that's there Holland is called ha- Holland over there they add an E on they say it's not Holland it's Holland although they'll probably also point out that the name of the country is the Netherlands and the Hol- Holland is just a peninsula that's part of the Netherlands or something along those lines it's very uh, it's one of those annoying things about these countries uh, the whole people in other countries never get right you probably have like went over to America and say that fella's Canadian that's pretty much part of America and that'll annoy you Americans well it's the same 
game with the Dutch with their Netherlands versus Holland thing. Uh, people assume that the country is called Holland. It's not. It's called the Nether. It's called the Netherlands or the Pays-Bas in uh, or something like that. And that's a little uh, from little from what little amount I remember from learning French and from learning geography. I remember a bit about that. A uh, little bit was drilled into me by my geography teacher. He said, "Get this into your head and be ready to regurgitate it should it come up into the in the exam at the end of your school life, uh, so you can achieve a passing grade in this subject." Which I did. I achieved a passing grade in that subject, just barely, if I remember rightly. Uh, geography isn't something I could care very much about. Geography doesn't matter anymore. We're all we're all connected by wires. It does the geography of it doesn't matter unless you're oh, unless you're installing the wires, and even that doesn't matter anymore because everything's wireless. You just put a satellite up in space, and everyone just no matter where you are on the globe, you just point at the satellite. Say, look up there. There's a satellite. I hereby connect uh, to you the satellite, and we're all connected through that. I uh, don't know why we don't just use the moon, which is a natural satellite. I was always told. I was always told in geography that the moon is a natural satellite of Earth. Uh, but no, they said we need satellites now, so we're going to make little shitty ones and launch them up into space. Instead of using the so-called natural one, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I do. I clearly do know because I just spent four minutes and forty-two seconds talking about it. So I shouldn't put myself down. I do know. I know plenty. Apparently, I know plenty about that topic about what whatever I've just been discussing: uh, natural satellites and the Dutch versus the Netherlands and Canada versus America and all the rest of us. Uh, did you hear about that mayor in Toronto? You probably did because I watched I watched the Daily Show there's a mayor in Toronto and he's gone nuts and he's going on about drugs and drink and crap and he's saying uh, you'll get to oh we'll have the election next October uh, if we're still alive then and then you can decide what you think of me but then, well, until then I need to get back to work for the people of my city as a great man a great big man uh, he stands there and he says hello and he has a stupid looking grin on his face like a politician does he says, I better put a grin on my face. Uh, grin and bears, that's what they'll say. They have bears up in Canada, if I remember rightly. I've been to Canada twice, and I bought I bought a bear on each occasion. In fact, I've got one in this room here. I've got a, some sort of pottery or wooden uh, carved bear with a Canada t-shirt on it. Uh, I've, also got a, I've also got a soft bear that came in a can that you opened with a can opener, and it says, can bear beware. Then you take it out it's a cute cuddly little bear uh, but you can never put her back in because once well, a can it's a proper traditional food can type thing once it's open uh, the bear is out of the bottle so to speak and there's no well you can put her back in but unless you have a, I suppose you could probably get a can sealing machine but you probably have to get a new lid and I don't know I don't know how cans work I've never worked in a can production factory or, or a factory that packs things into cans uh, I've removed things from cans alright uh, I suppose you can't be at every end of the production chain. Although you can, if you're one of those, uh, ver I think it's called, I believe it's called vertical companies, where they, oh, they uh, do business at every part of the production chain. They, uh, they'll sell to, they'll sell to customers, and they'll sell to wholesalers, and they are the wholesalers, and they're the producers and the inventors. They're at every end of the chain. Uh, well, that's a bit. That's a bit. Uh, first year commerce class, secondary school 
much for me. Uh, I don't need to be talking about that on an entertainment programme. Uh, no, no. Anyway, we've a lot to get on with today. Items that need to be attended to. Issues that need to be addressed. Topics. Oh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the seams with topics. We've got topics coming out of... Uh, topics coming out of this brain. This brain that's being otherwise engaged lately. Uh, but it's back here now. It's back to re-engage with you, the audience. Uh, you, the... Uh, you, the, aud- the audience ship. Uh, oh, the audience ship. The ship of the... Uh, no, that's not right. Audiences are not delivered on show. Well, they are, I suppose, in a way. You could have a... Uh, if you're performing on a cruise line or you have a very captive audience, that's only because they've nowhere else to go. You're the only show in town and the town is just a cruise line or a ship that they're stuck on for three weeks and you're the only show on that night and they come in and you say, ah, hello, uh, do you want some entertainment? And they say, Christ, yes, please. We're stuck out on this boat in the middle of the sea it's like the Titanic, except not as wet yet. Hopefully not going to get as wet as the Titanic. Although I suppose if it's wet on the outside, that's fine. As long as the wetness stays on the outside of the ship, and preferably on the underside. Is it called a hull? I think it is. Uh, not to be confused with rod hull. Uh, the, oh, the ventriloquist. Not ventriloquist. Oh, what's he ventriloquist? I don't know. He was a puppet here. I don't know if you consider him a ventriloquist on British kids' television in the 70s and 80s. Uh, he'd had a oh he had his hand up an emu I believe his son has taken over now and his son has the hand up the emu now as well uh, well not as well just instead instead of his father who's dead he fell off a roof while adjusting his television aerial uh, tragically a number of years ago uh, I say a number of years ago that's not very helpful everything happened a number of years ago unless it hasn't happened yet in which case you're not we wouldn't be referring to it in such a way so to say to say that something happened a number of years ago was a cop-out so let's say i'll say it happened between 10 and 20 years ago roughly uh, more or less give or take give or take a year do you want me to look up when rod hole died christ jesus christ i'm trying to get back i'm trying to get back into the swing of things here and i have to do a search for when some uh, english puppet here died so let's have a look now uh rod hole emu death search uh, let's have a look now uh, 1999 Rod Hull's death uh, quotation mark accidental close quotation mark so what happened uh, at the very latest on May 5th 1999 because that's when this report is from unless it's a prediction rather than a report in which case that would shed some uh, doubt on the claim that the death was accidental because uh, how could you predict something like that I suppose you could, you could say that fellow's not qualified to fix an aerial on a roof and there's a 60% chance that he's going to fall to off to his death tragically so we're going to predict it here on this BBC news report uh, from the BBC online network in 1999 oh that's a very old fashioned looking version of the BBC website, it's an art archive page and there's a picture of him pretending to be bitten by his own pupper which is in fact his hand it's only his hand uh, don't be fooled it's an illusion don't be fooled by these puppet ears uh, this is how if you allow yourself to be fooled by puppet ears this is how you end up with the likes of Hitler and Stalin and uh, oh 
your man, Jim Henson. Jim Henson, he was one of the worst of the Well, he was quite good, I suppose, in a way. Uh, but they say, Dash, you come on, they show you a big picture of all these Muppets, 200 Muppets together singing in a row at the, in the opening sequence of the Muppet show. And they'll say, these were all uh, these were all a product of Jim Henson. Now, unless the man had uh, 400 pairs of hands that he could operate all at the same time, uh, very few of those puppets in that scene in the opening sequence were being operated by him at the time. Uh, so let's not let's not give too much credit where credit is not due. Because then you end up you end up ah oh, you end up dead. Like Rod Hull. Rod Hull gave himself too much credit for his ability to safely climb up a roof and adjust his TV aerial. And look what happened to him. And then Jim Henson just got the flu or pneumonia or something and just died. He died. And not in a good way. I can tell you in a bad well in a bad obviously in a bad way. He don't die in a good well maybe you do. We all live in hope that we'll die in a good way. I suppose we can cling on to the hope that when our death comes as is pretty much inevitable uh, it'll come in a good way rather than a bad way or at least in a mediocre way. You really want to, what you want is a mediocre death where nothing too exciting happens and it's uh, ordinary or do you? Maybe you don't. I don't know. Speak for yourself. I can only speak for myself. I don't want a death at all. I don't want to be dead. I've got better things to do with my life than go around being dead all day. Uh, you achieve nothing. You achieve nothing, I can tell you, once you're dead. So I suppose you better get on with achieving it now. Uh, use up all the petrol in your tank until you're dead and make the best use of it possible and try not to uh, try not to uh, mix in diesel with it. Uh, I put diesel in a moped once and fucking destroyed it. It was a petroleum-powered moped. Accidentally put diesel in it. Uh, went a couple of miles and I broke down and the mechanic came out and said, Christ, what did you do to this? Did you put diesel in it? I said, how did you know that? And he said, because you just said you put diesel in it. And I said, I wish I hadn't told you that now because you can just pretend to be an expert on it and I have no way of testing it. It's like a, it's like if you go to a psychic and tell them, uh, oh, uh, what do you know about my dead grandmother who died in 1983 at the age of 87? And they'll say, oh, I see that she died in 1983 at the age of 87 and you'll say I could have told you that and the psychic will say I happen to know you did tell me that so there uh, I bet you didn't know that and you'll say I did know that and the psychic will say well it's hardly my fault that you knew it already the fact that you knew it already doesn't make it any less psychic on my behalf for me to say it it's not my fault that you know more than I was than I was able to determine psychically it doesn't put any less uh, credibility on what I do uh, which they have a point they have a point there's nothing much you can do about that anyway I know what you're thinking there you're thinking unexplained absence uh, that fella's come back with his podcast after an unexplained absence of uh, two or three weeks possibly I don't know I've lost count I've lost count uh, not that there's any counting involved it's more uh, it's more of a checking of the date release date of the previous episode uh, which I suppose I could check now quite easily. Although he could easily have changed the release date on the website by just adjusting the date of the post. Although would I, would I know that as your standard average listener to into your head? Possibly not. But I'm not your standard average listener to into your head. I'm the creator of into your head. Although uh, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm trying to think the way you would think, which is quite harder to t- harder to do than you might think. Uh, well, I would. That's the that's 
Alistair, uh, you've reached a, you've reached the nub of the issue there. I don't know how hard it is for you to think that. So how would I know? I suppose just by, uh, just by thinking, uh, thinking with my brain. Except I need to think with your brain. I need to put myself in your shoes and then put your brain into your shoes and use your brain. Connect up your brain to your shoelaces. Uh, now it's hard enough you know, to get a, uh, to get a young brain, like a five or six year old child, to master the art of tying shoelaces. So imagine if you had to tie your brain into those shoelaces as well and put yourself uh, metaphorically obviously uh, not not in you don't put in a real brain in there but to put yourself in someone else's shoes uh when you're you haven't you uh, it's hard enough tying your own have you ever tried to tie someone else's shoes i couldn't do it i've never been a parent i believe parents do that they tie their kids shoes and then they teach them and they say now do what i do but just do a mirror image of it and then you have to explain to the child about mirror images first unless of course to get the child to hold a mirror so the uh the parent can watch himself tying the tying the child's uh oh no would that work if the child Holds a, if you tie your kid's shoes uh, to demonstrate how to tie it but you make them watch you in a mirror uh, would you need another mirror for them to look through the mirror and see the reflection I can't I can't get my head around that which explains why I can't uh, I couldn't teach a child how to tie a shoe but why would I want to I can tie my own frigging shoes that's why uh, you frigging parents you go pumping out these kids just so they'll learn how to tie their shoes for you so you don't have to do it for them that's uh, to be the purpose of you ask me it's like uh, it's like uh, coming up with a wind power generator that runs on petrol absolutely fucking ridiculous but you still do it you still do it because it's human nature it's human nature I like that I like that John Lennon well I'm sure there's one John Lennon song or other that explains human nature can't think of any at the moment but there must be lots of songs like that uh, that that sort of fellow would do uh, isn't there that one imagine imagine there's no heaven it's easy if you try I'm going to probably have to do it just before I die unless I'm shot at a tragically young age without notice well, he probably had a couple of seconds notice did he I don't know I don't know the exact circumstances of John Lennon's death I know he got shot he got shot to death uh, someone came along and put a bullet why well, you didn't put a bullet in him you, you get a you get a you put a bullet in a gun uh, you don't put a bullet into if you just put a bullet into someone into someone's head uh, that would be do very little harm unless he had a very fast hand you'd have to slam it into them at uh, hundreds of miles per hour well the average human can't do that oh no that's why we need guns uh, people don't shoot bullets into people you can't if you if i came up to you with a bullet and just placed it up against your temple even at uh, the fastest i could possibly do it uh, maybe if i learned karate i could do it fast i could do it like your man in the kill bill uh, you know the fellow with the beard uh, the mentor in the kill bill movies uh, 
uh, who teaches your wood how to do the karate or whatever you call it. Whereas like him, maybe you could slam a bullet into you. Well, why would you do that when you could get a gun? Although you probably can't. That's the issue. Uh, not in this country anyway. You can't just go out and buy a gun. Especially if the reason that you give is that you want to shoot someone in the head with it. I suppose you could uh, go the dishonest route and say you're getting, you want it for a, a more innocent purpose. Uh, but then you'd be lying. And they don't give guns to lawyers. At least I hope they don't anyway. If they've got a proper vetting process, they don't give out guns to dishonest people. Although is that set out in stone anywhere? It probably isn't. Do they have a rule saying, uh, now we're going to have a vetting process for guns in this country. You have a right to apply for a gun, but you have to go through an application process. And uh, one of the basic rules is that you have to be honest. How would you vet that? I don't know. I don't know. And that's why I'm not involved in the process of gun allocation. Uh, it makes me wonder who is. Uh, who does the gun allocation and how does it? Probably half the people involved in gun allocations are dishonest. But that's illegal gun allocation. That's not part of the legitimate process. If I was going to go down to some government office and apply for a gun permit, you wouldn't have some uh, illegal gun runner down there handing out the permits. No, no. At least I hope not. Unless there's some corruption going on. In which case, uh, then I don't know how we're going to deal with that. It's not my job. It's the job of the it's the job of the police and the judiciary system to deal with that sort of stuff. You deal with your gun system and I'll deal with making my podcast that's been off the air for some time. And let's, just, let's divide up the tasks accordingly. Let's stick to what we're good at. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Two puppeteers walk into a bar. One of the puppeteers goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, sir. Uh, what can I do for you today? Would you like a pint of my finest Guinness? And the man behind the bar says, Christ, who said that? And then the man behind the bar appears to say, Oh, it was me. I'm a ventriloquist. I'm ventriloquizing myself through you. And the barman says, That seems a bit intrusive. Christ. Uh, I should shout rape now, shouldn't I? I should shout rape and get the uh, get the maximum possible drama out of this and make some occasion out of it. Because that's we're all in the entertainment business here. Uh, this is a hostelry, a public hostelry bar. I'm here to entertain people. They're here to get some entertainment and a couple of hours out of their dreary day of a Friday evening. And if I can get some put on some drama into their evening by shouting rape, rape, this puppet here is raping me, although not literally, uh, well not sexually anyway, but in another way I suppose that you could be literally uh, raping you in terms of using you as a puppet here without your consent using you as a puppet without your consent uh, well, I suppose that's stretching the definition, that's insulting to people uh, who are victims of that crime in, the, in, tradi- in tradi- the traditional sense of its definition so I suppose in a way, but in another way no, anyway, uh, would you like a point of Guinness sir and the puppet here says yes please and uh, uh, the, uh, the barman says oh you're talking of your own accord now you've decided to use your own body to put your voice through instead of floating it through mine have you isn't that great uh, you finally found your own voice and the uh, ventriloquist says are you one of these people who thinks ventriloquists are a bit weird and the puppet here says oh not the puppet here the barman says uh, maybe I am uh, maybe I am and uh, maybe I'm not who's to say and the puppet here says you're to say and the barman says well you're a 
puppet here or a ventriloquist? You keep changing it. And the uh, uh, puppet here says, no, that's the narrator keeps doing that. I think he's a bit confused about the differences between or the uh, the fine line or lack thereof, uh, an unclear line between puppeteeratry and ventriloquism, which is which and which is not. And the barman says, oh, I see his point there. And the barman says, oh, you see his point, do you? So in other words, he's making his point through me. In other words, he's using me as a, as a, like a ventriloquist would. And the barman says, oh, that's very clever. That's very clever. Uh, where are we going with this? And the ventriloquist says, I'm not sure. I'm out of practice here. It's been a couple of weeks. And the uh, uh, barman says, well, you have a think there now. And I'll go and serve someone else. And I'll come back to you when you have something worth saying. And the ventriloquist says, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, wait a minute. Did you say that or did I? And the barman says, fuck off. And the great night is had by all. Are you a cat? Or do you know somebody who might be? Then tell yourself about Matchstick Cats. Neil's webcomic. Brand new episodes at IntoYourHead.com. If you would like to comment on any of the issues raised in this program, email studio at IntoYourHead.com. Remember, we value the opinions of you, the humble and ignorant listener. Monkey nuts, that's what they call them. They call them big steaming, shit-eating, piss-piling, monkey-wrenching, uh, turnip-tossing, uh, pavement-piling, uh, pig-pestering, uh, vomitorium, uh, vomitorium something in uh, I was trying to be too clever for my boots there. I was trying to alliterate using uh, V's, and I couldn't think of anything, I thought. Uh, vomitorium something in very vomitorium venturing venturing into the business of vomit although it's not much of a venture it's nothing new uh, the Romans were doing it thousands of years ago the Romans had vo- although were they businesses or were they just uh, like social clubs not for non-profit I don't know there's a big difference between a business and a social club the accounts are done very much differently uh, they're not run as business they're not run for profit although they still have to do accounts if you've got a club you still have to do proper accounts there's rules and regulations and accounting standards for that I uh, don't know what they are because I dropped out of accountancy college after uh, about five years I never really I never really learned well I didn't learn that stuff I just didn't retain it I wasn't on a retainer oh there's a little pun for you there I wasn't on a retainer because I didn't qualify as an accountant uh, you don't give you retainers for just learning stuff so there's no point in retaining stuff there's no point of going to college for years and learning stuff and retaining it is that on the basis that uh, on future earnings that'll make it worthwhile for you and if you're not going to do it then there's no point in retaining the stuff uh, although maybe some would say you do it for the sheer joy of it the sheer joy of accountancy uh, the sheer joy of double entry bookmanship uh, maybe there is some joy to be maybe I've been looking at this wrong for my entire adult life maybe there's some joy to be had about the, from the beauty of double entry bookkeeping you 
and you know that somewhere in the world there's a corresponding credit of the same amount. You're just not sure where, because it's such a fucking ridiculous system. Well, it's there somewhere. It's like some sort of binary system. Uh, like those planets they've been discovering around suns that have... T- they've got solar systems now that have two suns in them, and it's called the binary system. And there's some sort of weird figure of eight orbit or something. I'm not sure how it works, but there's planets that go around two suns. Isn't it absolutely fantastic? Two suns, twin suns. I don't know, maybe not necessarily twins. Maybe one's bigger than the other and was born at a different time. Don't know the exact details, but it's there to be studied if you're interested. It's just like accountancy. If you're interested in looking into further the double entry bookkeeping system, then it's there to be studied. Go and sign up for one of the courses. There are plenty of them. You can sign up to study certified. Uh, so Association of Certified Chartered Accountants, uh, except they're saying French, so it's Association the Chartered Certified something, and the Certified and the Chartered words are interchangeable. It's ACCA in French, but it's also ACCA in English, but the C's are uh, the C's are interchanged, they're in different order if you get my drift, I don't know if you do and then there's Management Accountancy which is, although I think they've changed it now since my day, it's not my day anymore, not, not as regards to accountancy, it's my day for uh, everything else, but it's not my day for that stuff, my day for that stuff was in the mid to late 90s when I knew all the, oh I knew all the organisations, you had the ACCA you had the CIAMA or something, you had the association, I think they all half of them merged with each other, and then you had certified public accountants, and then you probably had certified private accountants as well, but you didn't know about them because they were private, it was all kept under underground and private, they said, this stuff's private, this is a private company it's none of your business, keep your nose out of this unless you're the tax man in which case you probably have a legal right to see this, in which case file the proper accounts in the proper way but I'm not going to put them in the newspaper for the whole country to see although if you know what you're doing you can just go into the company's registration office up in Dublin and you go in and say I want to do a search for this country and see what's on file for us this company rather and they'll say certainly sir uh, give me a fee please and you'll say here's your fee and they'll say I haven't told you how much it is yet and you'll say I know but I do this all the time I'm familiar with the fees unless they've gone up since the budget how maybe they have and they'll say uh, well they did announce an increase in our fees in the budget but they don't come in until January so uh, well played sir and you'll say I'm not a sir I'm a madam and they'll say that's none of my business I'm a civil servant uh, I treat you the same whether you're male or female black or white purple or yellow uh, animal vegetable mineral I couldn't care less if you're a sir or a madam or a bit of both or a bit of neither and you'll say, that's fine, but please call me madam. And they'll say, certainly, sir. And you'll say, no, certainly, madam. And they'll say, I'm not a madam, sir. Uh, that's next door in the other place, that place that only opens at night. That's where you get the madams. And you'll say, I think we've got law somewhere here. And they'll say, ah, well, it's a small place. It's a small world. It's a small country, three million people. How how lost can you get, for Christ's sake? And uh, you're a professional person. And you'll say, I'm not a professional. Nobody's a professional person. Just because you're a person, that doesn't make you an expert or a professional. We're all people. 
sheep. We're all persons. Uh, if, I, if I have a cat, I'm getting, we're getting a new cat tomorrow. Uh, the cat uh, didn't automatically become a professional certified cat the minute it was born. No, no, I had to learn this bit. Being sitting there in someone's house, uh, learning how to use litter trees for the last few weeks. Uh, when do you decide whether when it's a professional cat? I would maintain that around two years of age it becomes a professional cat. But there's no uh, strict uh, number of days that it takes or anything. No, no. So uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I've lost the run of myself here. Or maybe I haven't. And the woman behind the counter says, Indeed, sir. Indeed, sir. I think you want the Department of Agriculture Animal Health Section, not the uh, company's registration office. And you'll say, I'll tell you what I want. Or I'll just so I'll tell myself what I want and not share, choose to share that information with you. And they say, certainly, madam. And you'll say, thank you, sir. And then you get on with the show. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Ah, hello. It's me again. It's me again. Uh, same me. A new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Uh, well, it's uh, nine hours into the day now, if we're honest. If we're, well, if I'm honest, we're nine hours into the day. Uh, if you're honest or dishonest, doesn't really affect it. Uh, in fact, if I'm dishonest, it's still nine hours into the day. I just won't be telling you. Won't be telling you. I could say, in fact, if I say it's a new dawn, I am lying because it's not new dawn at all. It's nearly uh, it's nine twenty nine and a half twenty fourths of the day are already gone. At least if you count from midnight, which I don't. The day starts as, as far as I'm concerned when I wake up, unless I wake up too early, in which case it's still last night. If I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, as far as I'm concerned, it's still last night. Although there is a sense of urgency then uh, in, ter- in terms of getting back to sleep if I wanted to remain last night uh, for another further amount of time. Uh, it's all a, it's all a, a mental thing. It's all about the, the brain and the mind. There's not really anything real about it. There's nothing calendrical about the day ending at three or four in the morning. And oh no, it's all in the mind. Just the mind. Uh, just the big, just the thing that keeps me going. The me. Uh, my mind is me. Uh, so don't be, uh, may, may, to you, may to you just be an empty, an empty space with ones and zeros floating. Is there ones and zeros in the brain? I don't know. There probably is. There are cells and there's uh, blood things going around and there's electrons. Oh, electrics. There's electrical impulses going around the brain. Uh, but are they in binary code or are they in uh, waves or are they, I wonder, I don't know. I don't understand much about uh, technology. That sort of intricate technology. I know how to use it, all right. I know how to use my brain and I know how to use an eye telephone and I know how to use this computer, this personal computer of mine. Uh, personal. Oh, it's personal. I say it's personal, but the whole house can access this if they want to. It's, it's, it's stuck out in the, it's a box stuck out in the cupboard in the upstairs hall. Uh, there's a computer console in here. Uh, it's basically a screen and a keyboard and a mouse and it's plugged in here and the computer's out there. Anyone could come into this room at any time. Well, anyone who has access to the house, uh, which would be someone who's already in the house, in which case they wouldn't need access to the house because they're already in it. You don't need to access something that you're already in. Uh, although, unless you want to access it further in, I can access my conscious mind, but I, if I want to access my subconscious mind, that's like going further in. It's like going into a panic room that's in the centre of the house, uh, which now that I think about it, the little, the little cupboard in the upstairs hall where my uh, where my computer 
tower is is very much like a panic room. It's got no windows. Uh, it's got a door. I recently put the door back on, although it's missing a hinge. I took off the door for a while because for a while it was a cat bedroom, uh, but then I put the door back on. I'm missing a hinge and a couple of screws. Uh, don't worry, you can probably replace them. I'm pretty sure you can buy standard door hinges and screws and door hinge shops. Uh, there's probably one down the town, but I'll wait till I'm in another town where they're cheaper. Go somewhere cheaper. I don't want to give my business to some local hardware shop that's charging a small fortune for a couple of screws and a door handle. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, now, uh, you're probably wondering why I bring this up. Uh, well, wonder away. Wonder away. Nothing wrong with having a bit of curiosity about the world. If you lose your, your curiosity and wonderment about things like this, you might as well be dead. You might as well be lying there dead in a pool of blood. Uh, someone else's blood, preferably. You don't want to be lying in your own blood, because that would imply that you suffered a an unpleasant death. Although, if you're lying dead in someone else's blood, you may well have had an unpleasant experience of death as well, but at least you got a, you got a couple of stabs into the other person before you went, presumably, unless it's some animal who attacked you or something. I don't know. I don't know. A rabid dog. And that's why you don't want the dog. You particularly don't want a rabid one, but you don't want the dog at all, because of the possibility, the possibility that it might be rabid. If you're getting a dog, there's no point saying I'm just going to get a dog that doesn't have rabies. It's not that easy. You can't go You can't go into the uh, cat dog kennels and say, give me a dog, but give me one that doesn't have rabies. They'll say, we can never be sure of that, sir. If we, talk, if we had one that we suspected of having rabies, we'd look into it further. Uh, but I can honestly say that all, none of the dogs here are suspected of having rabies, but I haven't. I uh, can't be sure. I can't be sure. I uh, can't be sure at all. Admittedly, we do test I'm not a scientist. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked into the peer reviews of the of the testing system that's used. Uh, so uh, maybe that's a bit OCD of me to worry about that. But worry about it, I do. Worry about it, I do. Uh, that's what they'll say when you go to get a dog. Uh, we're getting a, we're getting a couple of kittens this weekend. Did I mention that? I probably did. I probably said we're getting a cat. I didn't want to say we're getting a couple of kittens because I didn't elaborate. It's probably missing out detail there. It's two uh, two sibling kittens from the same batch. The same batch. Uh, you make uh, cats come in batches. It's just, just like with baking. They say, oh, uh, we'll make a baker's dozen of these, which is 13, and then we'll have one of them will end up probably uh, being crap. So we'll have at least 12 kittens then. Now, they don't usually have 12 kittens in a batch of kittens, because uh, it's not the same as baking. You don't bake a kitten for one thing. Uh, if you did, you wouldn't be able to do it inside or the cat's mother. You'd have to have some sort of artificial uh, womb, a machine, an oven or something to make the kittens in. And that wouldn't work. As we anyway, suffice to say, getting a couple of kittens this weekend, uh, probably. Uh, probably. I say probably, as to be accurate. It's like, uh, who am I to say what will and won't happen when we go to get them? They might decide, oh, we don't like the look of you. And we'll say, we don't like the 
look of you either. And they'll say, well, I'm glad you're agreed on that. The feeling's mutual. And I'll say, uh, well, no, the feeling's not mutual because I'm not glad that we agree on that. I'm uh, unhappy about the fact that we agree on that. So that feeling isn't mutual. And they'll say, oh, I understand. I understand. I sympathize with your point of view. Uh, but the fact remains we have a cat here who's had kittens and you're applying to take a couple of them and we're making a we're making a conscious decision to decline them even though we invited you to take them in the first place we made the first move because we heard you're cat people and we have cats that we want to rid ourselves of and you say ah, well then you've probably heard we're cat people we have a reputation of being one of the finest cat adopters in the town and they'll say I suppose that's true now I don't know why I was having doubts about this uh, here you go here's your kittens and you say they're not my kittens I don't have any kittens that's why I'm here and they'll say no I mean here's the kittens that are now going to be yours and we'll say but we're not cats how can we have kittens uh, people can't have kittens only cats can have kittens or I suppose a, a dog who's uh, mated with a cat somehow or some other creature whatever creature is uh, reproductively compatible with a cat uh, probably not a dog can a dog and a cat reproduce I don't know uh, probably not and if they didn't they did they wouldn't reproduce themselves they'd, they'd reproduce something slightly different from them it would be either a mixture of a cat definitely wouldn't be one cat and one dog uh, in the litter or maybe I don't know I'm postulating here what the freaking hell do I know about cat reproduction quite a lot as it happens I just don't know much about uh, dog dogs mating with cats uh, which you should be glad of you don't want someone who knows about dogs mating with cats uh, if there won't be but in charge of kittens oh no and oh no well maybe you do but if you do you're wrong to want that you shouldn't want that you should stop wanting that immediately if you've started and if you're planning to start wanting one you should rethink that before you start uh, before you set him up the cat amongst the pigeons so to speak uh, anyway Good morning. You've been listening to Neil tell you stories about cats, probably. Neil talks a lot about cats. Send your topic suggestions to studio at interyourhead.com. Into your head.